Should I like step back from the microphone where I'm hunched over it? That's fine. Is that sarcasm or not? I need to know. Um, that's a little bit of both. I put it there. Okay. Hello. Welcome to the only podcast in Gotham City. Oh, okay. You <laughs> betrayed me. That's fine. Fine in <laughs> color. No, that's, that's fine. Go on. I do like the fact that we have this discussion and you're like, you should use that for the podcast. Uh, Don't I, use I, it for the podcast because I've just had the discussion with myself. Look, here's the thing. I drive home a really long time. So when I think of a good idea, I can very easily talk myself back out of it by the time I get home. And that's why it took us five years to get engaged, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, man, welcome to the podcast. It's another glorious day in Gotham City. It's always another fucking glorious day, and then there's like three locations. But go on. Uh, if you hadn't already picked up on what we were talking about. If you don't like to read the title of a podcast before you start listening to it. Usually the title of our podcast doesn't have a lot to do with our podcast. Yeah, but the information's always there. I mean, that's true. Um, we're, we're traveling back in time. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're doing Back to the Future again. Kind of. <laughs> uh... We're looking at the live-action Batman TV show from 1966. Yeah. Lovingly referred to these days as just Batman 66. Yeah, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds presents In Defense of the 60s Batman. Oh, I get into that. <laughs> Trust me. Um, a lot of people think of the goofy camp Who crusader. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. We've been noodling for like this an off minute. This is my now. podcast. I wrote it. You have to just wait. You want to start again? No. <laughs> Do go on. And well, that's not completely wrong. It's not completely right either. <laughs> so on this episode of the School for Wayward Nerds, I, producer Kaya, am going to undo the claps of my bad bell and break out way too many holy something or others. Hopefully show you why it's not just a goofy TV show that you can get hours of laughter at, but it is also possibly one of the best Batmans out there. Joining me in the role of Robin, we have the regular host, who is extremely impatient, Mr. Toby. Hi. Tell, tell me a bit about your introduction to Batman 66, um, Mr. Toby, because you're, you're a more know. dedicated fan than I am. Well, yeah, look, we've, we've completed season one together. Mm-hmm. We're up to the movie. We haven't seen it. But it's not my first rodeo. I've read some of the comic adaptations. Um, I've read the crossover with the Green Hornet comic um, series. Um, we've watched a few episodes here and there as well. Yeah, because we downloaded some of it. We also played that bonus level of, uh, what was it, Lego Batman 2? The one yeah. that was just straight up 60s Batman. Yeah, I remember that now they talk about it. Look, and I've heard... Every argument for and against the show, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I do very firmly believe that it not only, like, saved Batman comics, but also added a lot more than people realize it did. Yeah. We'll, we'll get There's into a shocking amount built on the back of Adam West Batman. Yeah. 
And also, he does more batman things than, you know, most current Batmans. Yeah. We'll get into that, too. Oh, be prepared. Um, other than your intro to the show. Look, I mostly just showed up because I found out Vincent Price plays an egg villain. He does play an egg (laughs) villain. It's very fun. And here I am. Um, as I was saying, the best place to start is the beginning of the show. Mm Mm-hmm. So talks of a Batman show had been going on since the early 1960s due to the um, success of adventure shows such as Adventures of Superman and the Lone Ranger. Yeah. However, these talks would kind of come up and then halt and then come up again and then halt again. Yeah, it comes and goes constantly. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until DC went to ABC themselves that the show finally caught um, however, ABC very promptly shipped it off to 20th Century Fox um, to be, like, produced. Um, because this was somewhat common back in the day that, you know, the original thing would be written up between one production company and then someone else would step in and help. Yeah. Um, however, this cause it causes a lot of problems now when we think about rights. Yeah, well, the thing is, back then, Fox was just, like, a little production company, and now they're their own complete studio. Yeah. So, technically, they still own the rights, but so does other big studios, it's, which becomes it's a, a whole mess. It's a huge kafotherly. Um, um, when, well, what you were saying about it being an adventure series, mm-hmm. like, they, they signed, a, you know, Bill Dozier on to do this. And he was like... Head of Greenway Productions. Yeah. And he was like, well, what's a popular comic book we can ape off of? And the people said, Superman. And the production company is like, that seems very expensive. He fly, he bend things. Let's keep looking. So everyone said, Dick Tracy, who was once upon a time, believe this or not, relevant. I know who he is. (laughs) That means he's not irrelevant. Hmm. And, um, again, they were like, uh, let's, what's the third option? And Batman was the bronze medal. Yeah. Um. That's how low Batman was, was going not, into this show. He's not doing well. Look, the golden age come and went. Yeah. At this point, um, the seduction of the innocent, the, oh, what's the doctor's name? The dude that started the comics code. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good... Or he's, you know, in charge of them starting the comics group. What, what, watch me Google was, this, listeners. Look, at this particular time, popular comics were sci-fi comics... Frederick Wortham. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of, like, crime detective um, horror-based drama was, like, completely off the table. Yeah. Which is a lot of the bare bones of a well, Batman story. He's a detective solving crimes in a bat suit. So. Mm. so they were starting to resort to a lot of like sci-fi things. This is the era when... And teen dramas. Yeah, this was around the time that he had to wear the rainbow costumes. This was around the time he was a genie that one time. I think we have that comic. Somewhere. Yeah, but it was a very like... A lot, of, a lot of characters, like, flourished in this era of, of the sci-fi stuff. You know, Flash, Green Lantern, um, pretty much all of Marvel. But it did not work for Batman. And he was about ready to be a cancelled book. Yeah. He was going to be lost to time. It was, it was doing really badly. 
Um, ABC and Fox were looking forward to their new, hip, fun, yet still serious teenage adventure show. However, Doja, who had never read a comic book before in his life, after reading several as part of his research, he saw the concept as more of a pop art camp comedy show. It's almost a parody of itself, but not. It's, Look, you know what it it's is? Very it's very accurately over the top. It's colourful, it's over the top, it's very campy. It is a predominantly children-based target audience. Teenagers. That was their big... Because they wanted it to be something that small children could enjoy, parents could enjoy, and so if they hit it at teenagers, they, they, they covered all bases. It kind of is almost the 60s equivalent of Lazy Town. Oh. Oh. <laughs> as tragic as that is, oh. it kind of is. Oh. I don't like that. Do continue. Never know. Oh. Okay, well, we'll go move on to the cast. Because it would be cool if everyone in Gotham City that wasn't Batman or a villain was a puppet, but go on. Mm-hmm. Okay, for that later on, ladies and gentlemen. Scarface could be played by a human, it'd be amazing. <sighs> like I said, the show was created by William Dozier, mm-hmm. the man who also lends his voice to the narration of every episode. Yeah. It was developed by Lorenzo Semple Jr. and Howie Howitz as the producers. Um, and Brian Chudnow was the editor. Sorry to all of those names. Uh, moving on to the cast, we of course have the iconic Adam West as Batman. One of the only good Bruce Wayne on, you know, live action. Oh, I will give you that. There's been some shocking ones. (laughs) There has been. Uh, we had Burt Ward as Robin. One of the best and only Robins at this point. It's him and like one other. Yeah. Who was way too old for the role. But he's so attractive. At least Burr was a teenager when he was playing a teenager. The problem with Burr being a teenager was he was put through many walls. That's more of like a medical concern than an age thing. Well, I've seen his stunt done I would say it's an age thing. We have Alan Napier as Alfred. How do you feel about this, Alfred? You're a bit of an Alfred aficionado. I do have a favourite in Alfred's. I do like this Alfred. I think he's a great Alfred. He would draw man a bath. Just so you know, that's my rating scale. So what's... That's, um, it's like a one to what draws a bath. So, so what's your tier list? I, I will have to write it out and we'll share it to the Facebook page. I just, I just, I just want to know if he stands up against Michael Goh as an oh, Alfred. Oh, oh it's, it's got to be close. I just... I really enjoy... A somewhat sassy Alfred. I like an Alfred with, you know, a little bit of pizzazz. But also a lot of professionalism. Oh, well, yes, he's still, he's in, sorry, I have to get a treat for my... Feel free my, to edit the noise out. Um, he's, 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 he's a good boy. I love me a good Alfred. I do find it weird that this Alfred doesn't have a last name. He is just Alfred at all times. That is an ongoing problem with this entire fucking series. Whether you want to get into it now or later. He gets kidnapped and they just talk about the fact that his name is Alfred. And it feels weird. Because it's a children-based show, they really kept a limit on identity. But they did Alfred is exclusively Alfred. There is not a penny worth to be seen. Most of the villains 
don't have alter egos. Penguin. It's weird. Wears a mask when he does crimes. It's which is weird because when he's not wearing the mask, he's the fucking penguin. No, particularly my favourite is uh, Riddler because he seems to just take bets as to whether he wants to wear it today or not. Yeah, I mean, he goes through a lot of outfit changes. He, but he's also he has never the most Nygma. outfits. Never Edward But Nygma. no facial covering most of the time. He puts it on for like three minutes every two or three episodes. Shenanigans. That man is built on shenanigans. He is wild and he is the Joker. Did, did you want to talk about the fact that Alan Napier is one of those deep cuts now within the... Yeah, I mean, the Napier name of this Alfred is what uh, Tim Burton used for Jack Napier. Yeah. The Joker. Yeah. Because everybody likes this Batman, even though no one will admit to liking this Batman. It's one of those things. It's too much of a cultural touchstone for, like, a lot of people. Alright. Back to the cast. Whether they acknowledge it or not. We have Neil Hamilton as Commissioner Gordon. How do you feel about this Gordon? Look, we've had worse Gordons. Alright, alright. We find him, like, a terrific disservice to the character in his uselessness. But we can't help but admire what a fanboy he is. I was thinking about it as I was writing this. Mm. Is Gordon playing it down? Because Stafford Rep as Chief O'Hara is so incompetent. I think they're both duds. Literally every day a crime happens, they're like, fuck it. Let's ring Batman on the iconic phone. I do like the fact that Gordon and O'Hara have their own, like, Batman-Robin... Dynamic duo, no matter how crap it is, they're just so like enamored with each other. You know, you know how I feel about this show and it's like constant pairings. It reminds me of Venture Bros in a sense that every character yeah, has their other character. The Hank and Dean, the Brock, and literally every other character. It's very um Gordon and O'Hara, villain and his girl sidekick Moth. His mole. Mole. That's yeah. it. I like that word. Yeah, all their all their little Harley Quinns that they have. Like, everyone has a duo going on. Even a lot of the goons are buddies with another goon. Well, if we're going to go into, you know, everyone having buddies, mm. then I guess Alfred's buddy is Marge Blake as Oof. Harriet Cooper. A character no one misses at this point. <laughs> Look, she's delightful. Everything about that character is a shocking misstep. Um, the, the, look, the reasoning behind that is because of the seduction of the innocent saying that Batman and Robin would make children gay. They were like, we're going to have to put a woman in this house because it's just a man, a child he bought and an older man he also bought. It's very weird. So they're like, put an old woman in there. Not, it's kind of for sex loose, appeal. Re- very loose, really re- very loosely related. She's like Dick Grayson's auntie or some shit. His mother's sister. None of it is necessary. <laughs> I can't believe. So, like, I can't believe. If you want to talk about the fact that Gordon and O'Hara are incompetent in this version, Harriet Cooper is the queen of the club. Where are, where are Bruce Wayne and Dick going all of a sudden? Uh, fishing. Oh, okay. They don't change their voices at all. <laughs> and she's met oh. Batman Robin multiple times. They kissed her in the last episode. I can't believe a an an older auntie was their go-to for a woman. It's just... Batwoman already existed. They invented Poison Ivy. 
in case the TV show wanted it. In the and nice, they chose Aunt Harriet. In the nicest of ways, though. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they're not going with the canon story of Dick Grayson's life. Because the age gap between his up, so mother mm-hmm. and Aunt Harriet... She might have been a much older sister. But that's what I'm saying. Like, either there was a huge age gap in there, or Aunt Harriet's... It was her kid and her parents just took the fall for her. Look, I don't know what to make of those people. Okay. Aunt Harriet's like a mystery. Um, like, I, I can get into a lot of this show, but I, 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 there's no excuse for Aunt Harriet. I, I got like nothing, her. man. I like her. I, I like guessing her shenanigans because I, I, like, I get it every time. I like Alfred just kind of like dealing with her. Yeah. It makes it much harder to, you know, whisper loudly, Sir. The Batfall. Oh yeah, also she doesn't know they're Batman and Robin. <laughs> um, you have Yvonne Craig as Batgirl. Uh, we haven't met her yet. A season, she's a season three edition. One she of the is. ways of spicing up the show were to add a female that people would care about. Um, and it's, They did. It's, it, I, I like the concept because they were like, we need a woman. So they went to DC Comics and said... What's, what do we got? And they like sat down and built a bad girl. Mm. I think it was Julia Schwartz and someone else. But I, like, we, we've covered a bad girl episode before, I believe. Yvonne Craig managed to get so popular on the show that had there have been a fourth season, which I'll get into, they were going to get rid of Robin. I'm not even... And make it Batman and Batgirl. Look, I'm not impressed because of the original Beware the Batman concept art. This is an ongoing thing. We're going to do Batgirl and we're going to do it like... We're going to spotlight her and then eventually execs are like... Women don't buy boys toys, so we're not going to do it. Seriously, Which is a lie. Seriously, um, Beware the Batman. You remember that yeah. weird CGI show? They advertised it at the end of Brave and the Bold as like a final send-off. They were... Batmite's like, I wonder what the next Batman show will be. And it shows him changing the channel. Mm. And it is that exact CGI style in a Batgirl animated series. And they pussy out at the last minute and we got Beware the Batman. Yeah. It's an Um, ongoing problem I'm running into with being a Batgirl fan. Speaking of ongoing problems, we have Cesar Romero as the Joker. Oh, we're getting into villains. The mustachioed Joker. I'm sure it was fine once. On horrible rabbit ear antenna televisions in 1966. Yeah, it reminds me. But that me... mustache is brutally obvious. <laughs> it is horrible. I, I don't know if this will be like as a vivid reminder of for you, but mm. I remember when like they did the huge advertisement for everyone had to get a set top box because they were turning off the analog channels. Mm-hmm. So of course, my parents being the the hypochondriacs that they are ran out and bought set top boxes and put them on all of the TVs in our house. And as far as I was concerned, there was no difference. Like I really didn't. I was like, yeah, it's fine. Same thing. I didn't notice it at first either. About maybe a month into us having a set top box, I remember vividly going to my grandparents' place and turning on the TV and being like, Ooh, what is that? And my name was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, why does your TV look like this? What's, is it broken? Do you need a new one? And she was like, oh, I was hoping that we could go and buy a set top box and you would hook it up for us. And I was like, oh, that's what TV looked like a month ago. Mm. That's, oh. And I feel like that's the same, like, 
clarity that we get when it comes to Cesar Romero's moustache. Um, moustache aside, how do you feel about this version of the Joker? He is not wacky enough compared to the Riddler of this version. I know, it's weird. Because I want to say it's a good Joker because he's actually like doing Joker-esque things. When was yes. the last time, not only in film but in comics, the Joker did... Anything clown fucking based. Yeah. I'm going to cut off my face and, and just harass Batman's sidekicks. Like, Where's the his... fucking whoopee cushion? Where's the art, Kyle? The mm. thing is, though, in this, they're like... Oh, it's too far the other the... direction in this. The villains... But it's still a breath of fresh air for me. No, it's good. But like, I particularly like the fact that each of the villains are very set in... Like, Theme. All of his... Um, hideouts in that are behind joke shops or behind, you know, magician shops and stuff yeah, so like it's that. A, like it's all the classic tricks gimmicks. of hands and stuff, mm-hmm. which is his thing. Penguin is always hanging out at like either a fish stop or a um, like dockland. It's remarkable the amount of things that aren't things yet. Like there's no iceberg lounge. No, not because the show couldn't afford it, but because it's just not a thing yet. Yeah. It's in, it's Shit like that's weird. Arkham doesn't happen for like a decade after this. No, they show. just go up the river. No, they, they yeah they go to prison. Up the river. <laughs> There's no mental institutions in the sixties. Everything is called. Li- that's a lie. King Tut goes to a mental institution paid for by the Wayne Foundation. He goes to a, just a hospital. Anyway, um, we have yeah, yeah. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Frank I, Gorshin. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You have to tell me about these villains that you're seeing. Well, I was trying to get through the cast so that we can get to the actual episodes. Oh, you're doing like Otherwise, we're going to spend like 20 minutes going through just the mm, cast. I thought we were doing broad strokes. You go on then. Okay. So you have Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. Frank Gorshin usually plays the Riddler. But he's the Joker. Except for a pair of episodes where it's played by John Austin. Yep. Much to the dismay of Frank Gorshin. I like Who um... walked into the offices and was like, who the hell is that guy? What the hell are you doing? This is my role. No. I love that Mark Hamill, when researching for his role as the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, looked to Frank Gorshin for inspiration as opposed to the Joker for inspiration. Yeah, but I understand that. Oh, yeah, because it he's perfect. much more Jokery? Like... Yeah. It's just it's funny that he put on the the 60s show and gone, yeah, that guy, that'll do, the Riddler. That Frank Gorshin, like the whole reason he just like agreed to be a part of the show was because he was actually a comics fan. Mm. Like he actually petitioned them for the role more so than they came at him. Well, I think he did good. But that's the thing. I feel like because he and it's is not a his fault. Jim Carrey was doing the things he was doing. Yeah, it's yeah. He's doing a bad Burgess Meredith. I mean, sorry, Frank Gorshin impression. Yeah. Um, we have Victor Bueno as King Tut. Mm-hmm. We, we've met him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, here's a complicated one. We have Mr. Freeze, plays by George Sanders. Otto Permenji. Permenji. Thank you. Uh-huh. And Eli Walsh. Um, Mr. Freeze is a weird character because he only flourishes in television shows. When you leave him in the comics, Nora never met him. And it's crap, and he has a mohawk, and for some reason, this these ice suit is sleeveless. What the fuck? That makes no sense. Fuck off, New Fifty Two, with that shit. Yeah. But he was Mister Zero until this show, and they were like, "Let's call him Mister Freeze because Zero's stupid." However, they do call him F R E E Z E Freeze, mm, not he, fries. And he's 
And his no, because his actual name was like. Remember, it was like Shivel. He's he's one of the Doctor Shivel. He is one of the few characters that have like an actual name. Yeah, because they blame Bruce like Wayne Foundation for his accident. Yes, there's and that's the other thing. A lot of the villains, um, and I think my notes touch on this later. They're not given introductions because. It's assumed that they've already come up against them before. Because they knew for a fact, even then, that origin stories get really fucking boring if you have to watch the Martha's... I mean, Martha and Thomas Wayne die all the fucking time. Yeah, but so King Tut is one that gets his, like, origin story explained. Yeah, it gets told. And so is Still Mr. Not seen. Freeze. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Mr. Freeze got his name from this TV show and then he got his origin from the next Batman TV show. It's, just, it's a fascinating thing that he only he does better in TV than in comics. Look, I quite enjoyed him in Batman and Robin. I think he's a great villain. I'm not even touched on fucking movies. <laughs> um, we have where am I to? Mad Hatter is played by David Wayne. Vincent Price, as you mentioned, is Egghead. Look, I know she doesn't listen, so I can say this. Mad Hatter looks like my grandmother. <laughs> Mustache or not, it's just a fact. Um, we have Carolyn Jones as Marsha, Queen of the Diamonds, Cliff Robinson as Shame, Anne Baxter as Olga, the Queen of the Cossacks, and Milton Burr as Louis the Lilac. Yeah, I brought up Egghead earlier. But um, his ability to have puns goes from shit to really shit to fuck, the writers actually must have worked really hard to squeeze this much bullshit did you remember how I said that about Stripperella and its writing? How I'm like, it kind of goes too far to the point where I'm kind of impressed. Look. Egghead does that for me as well. I'm, Every line is exquisite or excellent. Every fucking one of them. Look, to the point where I'm like, damn. Wait until I read out all of the titles for the first season and you're like, well, when that's the writing stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not impressed by the episode titles. We'll get to it. Can we finally get to the show itself though? Mm-hmm. Alright, so it originally aired between January 12th, 1966 and March 14th, 1968. Yep. It was originally going to be a single hour-long episode each week. But they knew from... That airing in the fall. Yeah, they, they knew from the Arrowverse that that gets really fucking slow and annoying. Mm. So, <laughs> because time doesn't exist. So at the last minute, ABC moved it up to January and gave them two 30-minute slots in the early evening of Wednesday and Thursday, rather than their one hour yeah um the show itself is very formulaic and it becomes pretty predictable pretty quickly apparently that's a lot of the original downfall of the show well while i understand that it got boring very quickly for the people that were watching it's very color by numbers it is also one of the reasons that i really like the show in a modern setting i I wasn't alive in 1966 i can't really talk to it um so, personally, I'm one of those people that I need to have something going on in the background pretty much at all times. I mean, I, a lot of our listeners are probably in that category. I, I was sitting Seems here like the wheelhouse of that. doing something earlier today, and there was, like, my YouTube or something attended, and I was like, oh, it's so quiet. I don't like this at all. I can hear things. Now that the Bluetooth in my car doesn't work, I'm just driving into that a lot of the time. It's awful. Oh, I don't like it. Anyway, so, I like to have... Batman 66 on in the background because if you're not paying close attention to it because it's so simple and formulaic 
you can really like you can look up every five minutes and follow the story yeah i know what's gonna happen i know where i'm at in the story and i can also i'm getting to the point where i can be like ah very shortly it's going to tell me same bad time same bad channel Hmm. um but at the same time because you know it's we've been watching it and paying quite a lot of attention to it there are so many treats this oh like when they tried to put the bat shield back in their utility belt and it just drops to the floor next to them that thing even folded is almost a meter tall it was never going to fit in the belt let's just tuck it into a cape and hope the viewers don't notice i'm dropping it on the floor i'm i'm calling them treats because the amount of times that i'm like toby 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 oh my god did you see that yeah. It's causing great conversations to happen. Like I said in the intro, the show is campy. It's definitely not serious in any way, shape, or form. But I will Other than it's like... No, there's moments when Frank Gorshin, like, gets, like, maniacal. He kind of come off a little dark, honestly. And also, some of that weird old-timey footage does have, like, a creepy feel to it. Which is more of a hindsight thing. In the first episode, a woman is killed in an atomic pile. Yeah, I mean, mean, we have have some. We've had a few murders. What about that? You know what one felt wild compared to the rest of the show? Is when Mr. Freeze, like, froze a dude and his goons pushed it over, and off camera, you hear literally a fucking man smash apart as ice. And all the goons are, like, laughing, like, ha ha ha, got his ass. It's like, wow. Cool. I think Dozier has explained it best. Mm-hmm. Batman 66 is a situational comedy without the laugh track. Kind of. I can kind of understand that. And, you know, like you said, with the upgrades to TVs and DVDs and just broadcasting system in generals, you also get to see... I'm calling them treats, but there's some bloopers in there. You get to see false face. You do get to see false face. But you also get to see, like, the fight sequences that don't line up. You get to see when they, like, sub out Bert and Adam for their stunt doubles. Who do not fucking work. It's the best game of Spot the Difference. Adam not bad, but goddamn, Bert Ward's one is like a 40-year-old brunette man. It's real bad. It's amazing. Um, You can also see, you know... Joker's wonderful Latino stash. Or the fact that his white face paint is just that. And face paint that doesn't go anywhere yeah, else on his body. It stops at his chin. For fuck's sake. And even they even go they don't say it, but they have gone with the acid like the bleached skin motif origin. Well that, that's the one that Caesar has chosen to portray. That's the one they gave him. That's the one they assigned him. They don't go into Origins, but they were like, you specifically have bleached skin all over. The makeup guy only can afford to do your face. It's just so funny. If you're lucky, your ears. Every now and then. And look, in similar to the reasons the Lego Batman movie was so like successful, in our absolute cesspool, just this horrible black hole of dark, gritty Batman... This is really fucking refreshing. <laughs> it is. and But the thing is, the, like... The thing you gotta remember is, yeah, Batman, Batman is a dark, gives... serious character. But he's in a lot of, like, 
situations that make you go, oh, what the fuck? It's not all just grim, oh, my parents have died, died like 20 years ago, so I'm going to sob about it now. Adam, Adam does keep it very serious because he's the one that, you know, multiple times we've seen Robin like gung-ho trying to run into things mm. and hit either a Batman or a Bruce Wayne. It's like, hang on, stop, think about this. This is what we need to do. And he'll all say, gosh, you're right, Bruce. Like every fucking time, no matter what is being said. You should definitely, like, learn Spanish. Or you should get really good at four games of chess. And your piano. Like, it's a lot of, like, irrelevant shit. Where he's like, gosh, Bruce, this sucks. And he's like, yeah, but you might ever use it. And he's like, shit. Yeah, I never thought of that. All right. But we've also seen, like, he's very concerned about Robin's safety. Because there's times where they're using the bat rope. And Robin will, like, go to point at something and Batman's like, stop. Because he doesn't want to deal with Aunt Harriet if something goes wrong. <laughs> like, hold on. Look, I like a lot. But he does also let Robin take chances as well. Like, we've seen Robin fail miserably. But we have seen Robin try and, like, take care of a damsel in distress. I will admit she immediately gassed him and tied him to, you know, a saw wood bug thing. He's also really good at all the Riddler's riddles. Yes. Which is remarkable because they never sound right when he's explaining it but sure enough it's always correct. It's weird it's almost like someone wrote it for him. Not well. <laughs> Not well. No. Okay. Um yeah look I like I like a lot of the Batmans that are in retaliation to this show later on like the 70s. I'm sure it's shit not saying Frank Miller but I'm saying like the Neil Adams Alan Grant stuff but a lot of it now has gone so much further than that yeah into it its into back. its like evanescency world yeah i wanted to come back a little right there right in right in the 70s well, that's where that's, i live but that's my argument for like the 90s films against mostly your brother um is the fact that like it makes sense for a man to dress as a bat in batman and robin more so than it does in The Dark Knight. Mm. Yeah, because it's just in, like, Pittsburgh or something in Dark Knight. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... It makes sense when it's this big, over-the-top... Not necessarily, like, as bright, colourful, and campy, but this over-dramatised society. Yeah. And, and, and that's the, and what in you the have 60... in this. Yeah. In this one, you have goofy, silly villains, and you it would stand to reason that you would save the day with a goofy, silly hero. Yeah. And, like, it makes sense that the whole, like, he dresses as a bat because that's what they're afraid of. <laughs> His bat silhouette does it's not do a whole lot. It's terrible, but His cape's too they small. are His all ears afraid are too small. of it. Every time it pops up, they all go, oh, Batman. They're like, oh, shit, it's Batman. And, oh, man. It is not the, it is not the Norm Bry Fogel fucking silhouette, I swear to God. It's, it's a terrible silhouette, but it does what it's intended to do. I can't believe that strikes fear in the hearts of criminals. That's great. Um, most of our review for this, anyway, currently is based on season one mm-hmm. because that's what we've watched that's where at the stage. To. Yeah, we, we've watched lots of, but that's we've watched like completely through at this stage. Um, we see quite a few um different villains throughout that. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, so each episode is like in two parts. 
And the way that you can tell if you have part one and part two is the episode titles should rhyme. I.e. episode one would be Hey Diddle Riddle and two is Smack in the Middle. They're all... Like, I, I get the motif, but I'll be damned if they're ever, like... Smack in the middle. Like, what the fuck does that mean for the episode? That doesn't tell me nothing. Anyway. Um, so... It was more important that they rhymed than if they actually fit anything in the episode. Well, So, I have a little synopsis for each of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, because I've done them as if they were one episode rather than the two parts... But they did come in two parts. Yeah. Um, if there's any particular ones you would like to talk about, please feel free to I will say the in. pilot's just like a fun time. Okay. Well, we start the the series with Riddler trying to sue the Batman. It's not a bad... A lot of... I'm, I'm going to say a lot, but it's only like a few that are coming to mind. A lot of the stories used in this were already based on comics, but would stand for like a good set-up in a modern book. Oh, yeah. Like, the scheme of suing Batman is a, is a little dopey, but as as a method of having him reveal who he is in a, a courtroom is actually not fucking bad. Especially in this version of Batman, who is a deputy. He's a deputy. He's a dual, dual he's a deputized crime fighter, yeah. Which means that he can get away with doing more things than most people. But he still has to respect the judicial system in this version. He does. Um, and the way he gets um, sued was like crafty. This storyline particularly, like, it reminds me of the first time that you explained White Knight to me. Mm. I was like, that sounds terrible. And then I read it and I was like, well, that's my new favorite canon. So mm. this is awkward. Um, basically, Riddler appears to be doing shady business batman breaks in and tries to like catch him in the act um at which point riddler serves batman with paper um yeah he gets subpoenaed for damages and shit yeah so if the case were to have gone to court batman as part of the judicial system would have had to reveal his identity meaning that not only would he be giving up being a crime fighter Everyone would know who it was. Yeah. So, like, there's multiple complications to that. Meanwhile, Riddler's, like, doing riddles. Well, yeah, because I don't think he actually, like... I know he wanted to do it, Actu- but like, I don't think he actually wanted it to go all the way through the courts. No, he's Riddler. He likes to do riddles. Like, yeah. he, he foreshadowed his scheme in a riddle that Batman didn't solve and, you know... Yeah. But then, like, all the riddles after the fact and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. The Batmobile, and it's still one of the better ones to date. In fact, they're getting worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not fans of tumblers. Well, there's been a good one since the since the Tim Burton version. Yeah. Um, next, we have Fine Feathered Finks, The Penguins a Jinx. Um, this one is an awesome concept penguin just listens to batman trying to work out what penguin is doing <laughs> and does that it's not the most penguin themed thing but it's like i've planted a listening device on batman and as he tries to solve our crime we'll just do that because i can't plan anything i don't feel like it this week he doesn't even do it like 
Because you would think that Batman would be like, oh, he's going to go do this. Batman would wait it out and then you would go like a couple of days later. No, they go... <laughs> on the day. The same time. It's... It makes no sense. Yeah, it's a bit dopey. Um, I don't... Look, I don't know. Like, I like his performance, but the Paul Dini version of the Penguin that has just kind of like gone, fuck this, yeah. is still my favorite version. Like, there are parts of a lot of these villains, like, I can get behind, like, Joker actually does Joker shit. Our next Rid- episode is Riddler Joker. is fucking deranged. He's so fun. He's, he's off the fucking deep end. Like, he, I even said it, like, yesterday, I was like, Joker wouldn't want to go near that guy in prison, because he'd be like, I don't want to fuck with that guy. He definitely has a couple of screws loose. Oh, hell yeah. But the, this penguin, I'm like, I get it. But it's my it's one of the lower ones for me, mm. and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just like, I've had better. I think I've I think I've got penguin spoiled. Mm-hmm. I'm spoiled on penguin. Um, the next and I don't like when he's eating those sardines in the mayonnaise. Ooh. Come on, nasty. Yuck. <laughs> um, the next one is the Joker is wild. Batman is riled. This yeah. is the this is a really good episode again. Joker has happened off of Batman's utility belt, and so he makes his own. Is this, this is also the one where he escapes prison by, like, jacking the box in himself, right? I'm pretty sure. That episode's Jacob's Ladder. He is dying immediately. It's amazing. So he's on the um, Gotham Penitentiary baseball field. Yes. And when he's on the home base, it goes boing, and there's a huge-ass, like, three-meter-tall spring, and apparently it launched him over the fucking field and to the fence at the back and, and it was so quick that no one saw it and now he's free he's he free. definitely didn't break every fucking bone in his body not just from the impact of the spring alone no, but also the ground when he hits no because remember they found a, a oh, yeah, there, uppy mattress. yeah there was a small net on the other <laughs> side of the fence you know what he's still got compound fractures because <laughs> a fucking huge industrial spring hit him at like a million psi prison outside part even though there are guards at the top of the walls that could clearly see what was happening and all had guns how did he not get shot this is one of those like things i want to touch on but it's kind of like a broad thing it's not specifically one episode kind of like how i like this version of the batmobile which is used well in the pilot which we should probably like cover in an exclusive episode, like the fucking bat dance, he gets roofied. Yep. All of it. Br- Dick, Bruce, Bert Ward goes to hospital like three times in the making of that episode. Oh, yeah. Um, but the warden of Gotham Penitentiary. He's, he's always like, we're trying man. to reintegrate these people in a society and Commissioner Gordon and, and Batman, even in this hokey version, are like, really, fucker? Like... <laughs> Your methods are shit. I do like... He's like, I let them... I let the penguin wear his monocle and top hat in his cell. And they're like, does he have a prison uniform? And he's like, oh, I don't know. He might. He doesn't wear it because I let him keep his clothes. And he's fucking smoking. Like, he's got cigarettes and shit. And the joke is like, I'm going to install a giant spring and escape. He's like, why why is that guy playing casual baseball? And he's like, oh, he's really recovering. He's totally sane. And he boings away and he goes, oh, well... (laughs) It's like, dude, you are not good at your job. No, I really do. I like the first time that we, like, there's an interaction between Gordon O'Hara 
and the dude in charge the of the warden, prison. and they're like, bro. But but they're like, get your shit they're together, like, dude. Oh yes, he's very you know interesting and up there on prison management. And then he opens their mouth, and they both sit there and go, "Fuck." Who has the state hired? See, Who is this man? This is why we call Batman because we are sick of cleaning up. Clearly, your shit. <laughs> you are clearly making mistakes. Um, we have instant freeze rats like cheese. Yeah. One um, of those wonderful titles that I was telling you about. This is another one of those ones where I'm like, you can't, you, you can't rebuild this version. Like, there's traits I like about all of it. I like his. I like the fact that he's like in a hyper air conditioned room in like a suit, just like living a normal life. So in his weird bullshit apartment. But it could never be done again. The, the Mr. Freeze we have now is so far, like, evolved from this. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I'm like, well, I get it, but we will never have this. It is, and I know I keep referring this to, like, Schwarzenegger when we come to Freeze, but that's just the Freeze that's in my brain. Um, he he does also make his goons hang out in the temperature that suits him. I was going to say, they're all, he's, he's actually a better boss in the 60s than he is in the movie. Well, that's because... Because they get their sweet little heating... Heat bubble. Yeah, it's just a red filter over the film. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Um, and his death trap is... of um shrinking the heated area while Batman and Robin like argue about which one of them has to die. That's great. It's kind of fun. Um, that part I wouldn't mind seeing in a comic. This is one of the few villains that we get their, like, origin story. Mm-hmm. So Again, completely retconned to shit at this point. Like, so far gone. Dr. Chevelle. Chivel. Which is, is close to Shiver. Is uh, seeking revenge on Batman because he spilt a free solution on him that forces him to live in a climate of 50 degrees. Below. Below. It's always specifically below. There's no negatives. There's no sub-zero. Fifty below. Um, also, his guns bullshit. All of his crimes relate to ice and diamonds, something that's still pretty prevalent today, really. Yeah. Um, this is kind of one episode where I would like some explanation. Why was Batman near this man who was clearly handling a solution that he shouldn't have been near? Because uh, I look, I'm I'm completely going blind here, but my conspiracy theory is that stupid bullshit gun. That not only has a freeze ray, but also has a heat ray and a laser. Yes. Depending on how you turn the dial. I don't, I don't fucking know. But at some point or another, he had like a weird prototype version of that. And Batman just like slapped it out of his hand and the freezing solution component of the laser just like fell on the guy. Okay. Because I look, in, this show's goofy. So I could definitely picture a weird German doctor with like... A super soaker full of freezing solution and Batman just like slapping it out of his hands. Did you ever have a goo soaker as a kid? No, and that's why I'm not Mr. Freeze now. Okay, I did. And, and look what happened. Um, Zelda the Great, a death worse than fate. Here's a character that'll completely be remembered and never lost to time. The Zelda the Great. The duo arrange a trap for an elusive bank robber. Mm-hmm. It just turns out to be a female magician who... Takes she Aunt has Harriet to. As hostage. She does take Aunt Harriet as hostage, not realizing who Aunt Harriet really is. Well, it's because Bruce Wayne's rich. Yeah. Pay for your maid. She. So, like I said, she's a magician who has someone else come up with her like death-defying trick, 
And every year she has to pay him for a new trick to, like, add to her repertoire. Yeah, and she bank robberies to pay for that. Yeah, so she tries to bank robbery, and then Batman comes up with a smart scheme to say that they were fake notes. So then she has to find, like, other ways, and most of them just revolve around forcing, you know, Bruce Wayne to pay. She's a bit lame, but she does, like, clearly outsmart Batman, like, three or four times in those episodes. Like, she kicks his ass. She does. And she is one of the few that turns around by the end of it and was like, I should not have been doing what I was doing. Oh no, that's like, a rule. Every fucking woman does this because every fucking woman is smitten as shit by Batman. This is true. They're all like, I want to work with a villain. And they're like, you're working with a villain. And she's like, and inevitably they're like, hey, Batman's like a hot piece of ass. And they're like, no, 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 you're a villain. And they're like, oh no, I'm a villain. <laughs> every t- Again, very repetitive show. Okay, we have a riddle a day keeps the riddle away. When the rat's away, the mice will play. Mm-hmm. Is this what... I like Riddler's ongoing thing of just, like, hiring weird gangs instead of actually having henchmen. Yeah. Um, this is the one with the visiting king. That's... Where it's... they kidnap the king and he's just, like, happy about it. That's all... Oh, that weird suck-up guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, th- there's another, like, ongoing theme. There is... Museums are dangerous and there is also a foreign dignitary at all times. <laughs> And, and the Gotham Expo that happened last year. Happens every fucking year, what are you doing? Um, the happens every week. Hat, Batman Stands Pat. Mm-hmm. This is our Mad Hatter episode. Jervis Tetch is one of the few that actually get a name. He does. Mm. Um, he, it's my nan. <laughs> he is... So he, he wants to steal the jurors that were on the case that sent him away to prison. Which is so a fun... So he steals their hats. He steals their hats and brainwashes them. And then the people. Them. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. Um, it's not the Mad Hatter we're used to. No. All the like, all the episodes in this show where I'm like, eh, to the villain, are all very specifically because Paul Dini wrote a better version later. Yeah. Every time. The Penguin, Mr. Freeze, the Mad Hatter. This version is like so far from the Alice in Wonderland Mad Hatter, but I like him better when he is fucking insane and in love with that book. I want to point out something though. Mm? So, in the first episode, there's a huge problem of Batman taking the stand. Yeah. The whole reason that Batman... <laughs> Go on, keep, keep ruining this hit, this show's, like, stellar continuity okay. and mythology. So, as Jarvis is going around picking all the jurors, his last person that he has to get... The surprise witness for the case? Batman. Mm-hmm. So, that means that Batman has been able to testify... As Batman. ...in a court of law as Batman. Maybe it's different if he's like a defendant oh, and a witness. I don't know. Witnesses can be anonymous, right? I think that's a thing. I don't know. I don't know enough about law. All right. I think mafia, like crime people usually like hide their identity so they don't get whacked. Here, here's another one that's got a really great t- title to it. Hit me. The Joker goes to school. He meets his match, the Grizzly Ghoul. It's too long of a lot. It's stupid. I like that he's like getting children to do crimes. <laughs> Very Joker thing though. It's so dumb. He's, <laughs> but it, but it is delightfully Joker. He's rigging vending machines to give out stocks, bonds, and gold dollars, so that he doesn't have to get. They don't go to school. No, he's spe- no, no. He's specifically inspiring the youth of Gotham to be pieces of shit. Yeah. So he can hire them later. It's it's a long run. I like when he tries to kill the woman. I there's like not a, when there's he not a lot of actual to... murder taking place in these shows. So when he's like. Specifically, giving women poison perfume and being like, "Hey, don't take it. Don't don't use it until the cape is over." And she's like 
16, 17. Yeah, and you she, know and that and girl she isn't disa- legal. She disappears because Batman and Robin, like, I guess, like the reverse of kidnap. They do, they do whatever they do and she doesn't come back and he's like, oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true or false face, holy rat race. False face is a is one of those characters where I'm like, I feel bad for you, bro. Because his whole gimmick was here you would wear a false face. Yes. He was a master of disguise and he was a master of like impressions. So he would just put on a different mask and escape and do his crimes based around that. A year after his creation, Clayface. <laughs> so poor. So poor man. So false face like literally disappears to time. The False Face Gang is a reference that Black Mask has. That's his gang is the False Face Gang. So he gets like forgotten for like 20 years and then is referenced by like several henchmen for another guy. It's, it's a <laughs> that sad. poor motherfucker. And you know I have a soft spot for those weird like half transparent plastic masks that have like the makeup and the eyebrows on them. They're terrifying. I fucking yeah. love those things. Um, we have the perfect crime better luck next time our catwoman episode this one sucks <laughs> but i didn't write a lot about it i really like this catwoman um which one is this is this julie namar at this point yep i like her i like her the kid i like i like all the cat women the fact that she's going after like aztec gold or some bullshit doesn't yeah. feel very catwoman no. the heist of the start when she goes in and steals treasure well because from a museum yeah that's cl- that's catwoman's fuck yeah. i'm gonna go spelunking for treasure what the fuck is that? She doesn't, have a, she doesn't have a goddamn pickaxe. Okay, we got another Penguin episode in the Penguin do Street. Not yet, he ain't. This is where... This kind of reminds me of the Paul Dini, like, Penguin, of being like, I'm just going to go straight because it's, like, literally easier than having my fingers broken by Batman all the time. And then in the last, like, second, he just steals some other person's yeah, stuff. Yeah, his Long Kong master villain scheme is to like pretend to be cool enough to get married and then skedaddle with the wedding presents (laughs) uh we have the riddlers the ring of wax give them the axe um we have the joker trumps an ace batman sets the pace um we have the curse of tut this is another one where we find out a backstory for one of our villains it's the thing about king tut that's weird is it's a it's a original creation for this show mm-hmm. but when it came to the comics they were like we want to steal this idea but we don't want to dignify the 60s batman tv show so we're gonna do zeus instead with maxi zeus yeah that seems rude <laughs> Because it's clearly the bad. same thing. Guy was hit in head. Thinks he's a um, very historical, famous thing from history. Yeah. It's, so, it is the same pay-by-numbers thing. And they were just like, we're not willing to admit to the 60s show right now. So we find out, like, King Tut pulls all of these shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Because he thinks that Gotham City is actually the new Thebes. And, and he the, is King Tut. He is the ruler. Um, he's also like a fat white Brooklyn guy. Yeah, he's lovely. <laughs> he's great. He then makes no attempt to do an Egyptian accent, which would have been racist. Yes. But he still puts on like no attempt. He puts on his hat and his like Egyptian skirt and he's like, yeah, Egypt, baby. He, <laughs> he I, will, I will admit he keeps his diet very thorough-esque. Grapes. Grapes and figs. Yep, just shit hand fed to him by like a... No hot dogs. Cleopatra looking chick. Um... 
we find out, like, so after all of his shenanigans are shut down and he wakes up on um, Gordon's, like, couch in his office. Which is, like, a huge-ass office. And his whole thing is, silence, children, put down those things, stop that. And we find out, thanks to Batman's wonderful explanations, that he used to be a professor on a campus and then there was a... He got, like, he got bumped on the head at an Egyptian, like, museum no, excursion. No, he was an Egyptian professor. He got bumped on the head during a... Um, Speechy thing. It's not a TED ride, talk. it's the other one. He did a TED talk and he got bumped on the head. The, the students were, you know, 1960s and they bumped him on the head. Oh, yeah. Did, yeah, didn't a protester throw a brick a at A protester! <laughs> it was a protester. What, Thank you. What Egyptian-related Gotham City protest resulted in, like, a, a brain hemorrhage no, to a professor? He, he amnesia and went to the thing that he knew the most about. He did that classic cartoon thing where you get hit in the head and you, like, take on another personality. Um, like Cartman becoming that um, Thai prostitute in South Park. Mm. <laughs> um, Sorry, that's the only example I can come up with. I don't watch South Park. The bookworm turns while Gotham City burns. I feel like this... This right. is the one where we think Gordon dies, and then Gordon walks in the office and he's like, the fuck, Go back yeah. to work! What are you doing? Oh, I died? Oh, that's awkward. Here's the thing. I like bookworm, and he fits like the overall themes of a Gotham City villain. Like, oh, he's definitely. Very, he's theatrical. We've got a dude who does riddles. We have a dude who does jokes. A dude who can read a book. It stands to reason that would make a lot of sense. But what he does in Arkham Unhinged blacklists that motherfucker for me so bad. <laughs> I want a good bookworm, but he had his fucking chance, alright? Um, I will point out, though, that this is the first episode where we see a cameo when Batman and Robin are climbing the wall. Oh, the famous wall climb. Ever Everyone would know it. The original is done by Jerry Lewis. Yeah, a lot of people were like, this show is like doing gangbusters, can we like rock up? Cause we've, and then they're like, we've already got all our guest villains pretty much set. Forever. Do you want to just poke your head out a window and be like, holy shit, it's Batman? And they're like, fuck yeah, I do. It's the, it's the greatest thing to, you know. Um, however, it does mean that a lot of people didn't get credited, which is going to come in handy later on. Uh, death in slow motion, the Riddler's false notion. The Riddler is back and is pursuing the silent movie theme from his latest scheme. I like that his riddles did have themes, every, like every time. Oh yeah. I don't like that he dropped a book on Batman and Robin immediately after the bookworm episode. It felt lazy. But I like that he kept to like a th an overall theme instead of just being like blanket riddles. Yeah. Um, another nice thing to point out here is that the silent film star Francis X. Bushman actually appears... In this episode, yeah, as Mr. Ventures. The silent film fanatic in this episode is an actual fucking silent film guy. This was the last acting appearance before he died. Yeah, like promptly after. Yeah. I think that's like, that's very, I don't want to say fitting, but he, he got to be like, this is a thing that should be around and now it's going to be around and he died. Yeah, they, they definitely paid an homage and it was cool that he showed up for it. Yeah. Um... And our final episode for season one is Fine Finny Fiends, Batman Makes the Scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is Penguin dastardly kidnapping Alfred. Alfred, yep. It's <laughs> fucked up that the police aren't like Mr. Pennyworth or... No. They, 
What, what police Alfred. report does not have a surname on it? For fuck's sake, I it's do so like, weird. I do like the It's fact really that jarring. When they're talking to Batman about the fact that Alfred's been kidnapped, they're like, Mr. Bruce Wayne's butler, Alfred, has been kidnapped. It's really Alfred that- was down at the fish store getting caviar, and then Alfred was taken by... The penguin, and I'm sure that Mr. Bruce Wayne will be particularly upset about Alfred. I'm like, they say it a lot of times, and they can't say it. You know, like it feels. But they every time they say it, they say either Mr. Wayne or Mr. Bruce Wayne, and I'm like, you know his name. Is it only because he's a billionaire? Is it the only reason that you're learning people's names in this city? I don't know. It's really weird. Um. Was this the episode when um? Commissioner Gordon gets to go to the Batcave and he's so excited. Yes. It's a, that's like the most adorable shit. He's such a fanboy. So that they capture um, the Penguin's Mall and they take her... They're going to take her to the Batcave. And Batman's like, look, I don't want anyone to think that I've coerced her or we're up to shady business or anything like this. I need an interrogation like witness. I need an interrogation witness. Gordon is so excited. I'll do it, I'll do it he, please, Batman. Please, I want to go to the cave. I want to go to the cave. I want to go to the cave. He gasses himself. Batman's actually, like, wakes him up. He's trying to actually do work to get, like, a He's, like, meandering around, like, looking woman. around, being like, He's just wow. like, gee, wow. Gee, wow. He is You've a... got so much technology. Gee, wow. He's a fl- and then Batman's like, can you get back in the car? I'll make sure you get picked up on the way out. He's in. a fucking five-year-old at Disneyland, that boy. It's so great. It's, it's very charming. I do like As much it. as I hate, like, a useless Gordon, this one is such a, like, big fan of Batman. It's adorable. I also do, like, there's a couple of times throughout this season where Batman and Robin die. Oh, yeah, constantly. Or as far as we're led to believe, everyone is in, like, complete mourning. But the second O'Hara and Gordon find out that they're actually perfectly okay because they just ring them on their little phone. Just the absolute, like, kids on Christmas excitement and thrill. It's great. I love it. Alright, so with season one done, there was another two seasons and a movie. However, you're going to have to watch along with us because that's where we're up to. Um, This does, however, bring us to the cancellation of the show at the end of season three. By this stage, the show's ratings and viewings dropped, ABC cancelled the show, while NBC was happily to take over and do a season four. Um, Like I said, they had pretty much decided they were just going to do Batman and Batgirl and do away with Robin. Um, When NBC found out that a lot of the sets and things had been destroyed, they also passed on the show. It was too expensive to rebuild the cave. Oh, yeah. And so it just became kind of a reruns show. Hmm. Um, but it's forever in reruns, like even today. Yeah. Um, as I said at the opening of the show, I really want to talk about the fact that this is possibly one of the best and most important versions of Batman. And we've touched on why throughout the entire episode. Um, but I'm going to go into it. During the 60s, when the show was produced, the comic industry was having their hard time. This managed to bring Batman back. It made him relevant. It made people turn back to, like, and start collecting comics and things like that. Yeah, look, it pissed off a lot of, like, pre-existing fans. Yeah. But it, if, it, if it was just the 
pre-existing fans, it would be gone by now. He would be like Batman would be like a weird reference, like the the guy with the bullet shaped helmet. You know who I'm talking about? No. Exactly. I will Google his name specifically for my argument. But it would have been completely lost to time by now. And that's the thing, like this show literally brought Batman into the home and made him a family name. And you know, the reason why there was a lot of comic people out there that were really annoyed with it and didn't think that it had anything to do with their Batman. Look, if I was a big fan of the books and this came out, I'd be pissed too. You are. You do it all the time. Yeah, beware the Batman. <laughs> but, you know, everyone needs a jumping off point and this was a jumping off point to so many important things moving out. Yeah. Like, we have a lot to be thankful for this show for. Yeah. Um, NerdSync did a really good, like, Adam West send-off video about the 60s Batman. Yeah. And how, frankly, we needed it. Um, you know, I know that this show ended up being somewhat of a joke to a lot of people, but he was out there and that was what he needed. And that said, like... This isn't who I was thinking of, but the bulleteer sucks. <laughs> no. Okay. Um. Look forward to that episode later, everybody. The show did somewhat make a joke out of the comics, i.e. Batman's shark repellent. However, the show is one of the best examples of the character because he is actually a detective. You've got Gordon who states multiple times that he could work out who Batman was if he wanted to. Yeah, I just don't but feel like But he doesn't it. want to because... This person has been such a huge help to the city. You know, the criminals, the crimes, the small scale, all of that. Everything is done extremely believably. Yeah, for its version, yeah. It all all matches itself really well. Yeah, it's, you know... It's one of those things that you can see why it has made such a huge part of pop culture today. And, you know the impact that it has on comics and pop culture and because any literally if you walked up to anyone in the street today and said you know holy high five batman most people would know what you were talking about hmm. and images of its batmobile are still more iconic than most other batmobiles we have batgirl for this we they didn't use it but poison ivy was made as a um potential female edition of the show yeah we have king tut though we will never admit to it we have maxi zeus there was a slight reference to condiment king no it was just a dude with mustard or jam or something (laughs) (laughs) nothing to do with condiment king you're just living in the moment look look a lot of people look a lot of people hated it when it came out and went on to write really cool stuff and a lot of the um retaliation for it put Batman on the map once again after it died off again after this show. Yeah. All the people who were mad about this show came in and were like, let's do a dark, gritty Batman to the point where he's fucking obnoxious. And Batman takes a few good hits in this. He's not a perfect Batman. Which, yeah, you know I'm all about that. Um, yeah, I, I like a lot, of the, a lot of that retaliation stuff we wouldn't have got if this hadn't happened. Um, and a lot of... Not, not the people that hated it, but a lot of people grew up 
with it on as like absolute children's and it was their starting point not just readers but people that went on to do really great things with not just batman but all comics later on yeah and that's the thing the more that you look into pop culture the more you see like how much this has touched things like a lot of shit leads back to this sitting there and looking at you know the references and that throughout pop culture like kim possible has a huge reference to batman 66 everything does man it's classic it's you know mermaid man and barnacle boy for fuck's sake like everything yeah was this um touching on that though as a thing i do have to bring up the sadness that is once the show was cancelled the majority of actors found it pretty hard to break out of these roles um it wasn't until batman 89 was in its promo stages that adam west and burt ward and some other members of the crew continue but this is actually i'm not gonna say like vincent price we know he had a huge acting thing but he wanted to carry on it for the sake of like hanging out like yeah and adam and burt particularly had a really hard time coming out of batman adam west didn't find work again until fucking like like, um, Family Guy wanted to reference the fact that he even exists at all. And, and that was the thing. Burt so, Ward went on to make, like, a dog food company, I think. When Batman 89 came out, this is when... It wasn't until that time that these guys really actually started to see the impacts that they had had on people's lives and were able to use that love in order to reprise these characters for years, right up until their... Well, up until Adam's death. But also the opposite, too. Yeah. Like, they ended up on a lot of talk shows and stuff looking for something to do with Batman at that time. But they were blacklisted people. They were not allowed near the set. People weren't allowed to mention them. A dude got in huge trouble at DC Comics for calling Robin chum. Yeah. Like, even 20 years after the fact. Um, And a lot of that was because... While it was in reruns and syndications, there was a lot of fights over who owned the rights to what. Yeah. Because, as I said, it was DC went to ABC, who went to 20th Century, who went to um, Doja's company. But then you also have the fact of you had these people that were popping up inside it that weren't credited. So then when they started trying to put together, like, digital releases for DVDs and Blu-rays and things like that. Well, they didn't have contact. They actually had to turn around and contact people directly and people's estates and things like that and say, hey, Can we do use you give us permission to use that clip so that we can put out this episode? Like, it took... It wasn't until, like, 2004, I think, the DVDs, like were even on the table of being something that could be put out. It's only been in the last few years, yeah. Like, it was such a tightly, like, caused problem. It's just a weird thing about how shit evolves, man. Like, it was made by Fox, but then Fox became Fox. Yeah. And shit, now it's Disney. Um. This, legally, they could use this version of Batman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and there's nothing Warner Brothers could do about it. Which is fucking wild. Depends who has the rights at the moment. Because clearly someone has stepped up and taken them. It's it's a weird cut thing. Um, 
Unfortunately, a lot of the cast is no longer around. Like I said, they've had to go to people's estates. I think there is only like five of them left. Look, I know Burt Ward's still around. Um, There's not much else. One of the cow women's. No, I think there's multiple cow women. Are the kids still alive? No, I don't believe she is. Uh, I I think it's about five the last time I had a look. Um, That said, I do want to say that Adam West passed away in 2017. And there was such an outpouring of love for him at that point that both L.A. and his hometown of Walla Walla in W.A. projected a bat symbol on the City Hall and the Whitman Tower, respectively, um, as like a tribute to how much of an impact he had had on pop culture and things like that. Well, it's, a, it's a shame a lot of people turned their nose to it for most of his life. Yeah. It's a shame people only started coming around right at the end. Yeah, but at least he. But there was he a lot did of get small to see a fans. little bit of it. Yeah, there was a lot of fans that still like reached out and treated it with some respect. Um, he um, may not have been the Dark Knight, but he was certainly a Bright Knight, and sometimes that's better. Yeah. Tell me again how Christian Bale was a great detective. This motherfucker like solved crimes. I saw it. I watched well, it with my own eyes. Robin solved all those riddles every time. I don't know if he solved them so much as just said bullshit and then they went there and just coincidentally it was correct. <laughs> Alright, so final thoughts. Um, There's a million things we could talk about. Like literally. This, this so is much literally the overview and we've gone longer than we thought we would. My, my takeaway is give it a shot. Don't don't be like, oh, it's just like goofy, colourful, stupid 60s stuff. There's, even if you're putting it on just for the laughs, honestly, it's funny. Like it's I, funny to like look I at, said, man. It's a wonderful having it on in the background, but it's also, if you actually pay attention to it, it's really fun. Yeah. And it's, if it's you like Batman, like, sure, it's probably not the Batman you want. But it might just be the Batman you need. It's the Batman you deserve. <laughs> um, homework? Yeah, um, obviously the show didn't hit a lot of iconic supervillains. Not for its own fault, but because it was in the fucking 60s and a lot of them hadn't been written yet. <laughs> um, one of the first Batman 66 things I took the time was when the, um, the comic adaptation found the time to be like let's put harley quinn in this and i was like okay let's have a look and she was like a nurse of the penitentiary and she was on roller skates i think she had a hot air balloon which is cool Hmm. like team rocket (laughs) so the obvious question is what villain would you have liked to have seen in that elusive season four yeah go for it toby okay wanted you to go first no it's my episode i get to make you go there was a lot of like villains i would have liked to have seen Mm-hmm. But as we've been continuing to watch away at the show, and I'm appreciating the goofy, campy nonsense of it, I've changed my answer to Killer Croc. Because you know full well he would look like the Gorg in that episode of Star Trek. Mm. Remember when Kirk's fighting the lizard man? He throws like a bad polystyrene rocket like a, at a lizard <laughs> costume, and it looks it's so funny to look at because it is the worst. Yeah. You know full well with 60s television limitations, it would be funny to look at. Oh. Killer Croc would be slightly more realistic than one of those inflatable dinosaur costumes. 
slightly though. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I think that would be a fun answer. Oh, I think I have to change my answer now. Look, I, I could have picked villains. I'd, I'd like to see how this version of Batman would take on a Bane or something. But I'd like to no, see a terrible version of no, Killer no. Croc. Luchador wrestling Bane will forever be the greatest Bane. Yeah. Don't he'll... care what anyone says. Sure, the Batman Lego one was not bad. But Mexican luchador wrestling Bane is the best Bane. I don't know. Particularly when he's in his disguise of Manhattan Treasure. You have to admit. I know, I know but I'd like to see a huge hulking monster of a man deal with little Adam West Batman if with going, his kind of podgy belly if we're and his no that, muscles. I feel the need for his mole to be baby doll. Nah, that's gross. I don't like this. Oh, It's like the one episode of... Oh, my answer? Yeah. I thought you meant with Bane. I'm like, no, that's stupid. No, no, for, for your one. Yeah, fine. Killer Croc and Baby Doll. Yeah, but that'll, I'd feel bad because it'll definitely be a dwarf being marginalized in a way that the 60s could definitely <laughs> do. No, but it wouldn't have to be because it would be a hulking Killer Croc. So it just needs to be like you know an wouldn't. eight-year-old girl. You know it wouldn't be a hulking Croc. It would be horrific. And that's why I love it. It would be pretty good. Um, I would also like to see. It would look version. like this. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to I'm see showing her the version gone. of a clayface. I know you dislike him because he he's no, no, still I like him fine. Face. It wouldn't work. It would just be a dude in <laughs> that would randomly slop mud everywhere. It would just be a wet foam monster. That's how Batman would... would find him. It would be like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, it wouldn't be hard. Trail of mud. Um, my other question, which I didn't pre-warn you of, I wouldn't mind a Red Hood where Adam West has to explain to Burt Ward that he's not like there was another Robin. Um, who from the lineup, mm-hmm. as they appear in Batman '66, would you like to appear in the comics? I wanted to be Bookworm, but I'm also not fucking trusting him again. If anyone read the final five issues of Arkham Unhinged, which was a really good Arkham game tie-in, until they changed Ryder and they were like, Bookworm's the villain, and it's going to take Batman five issues, and he doesn't save the day or solve the case or get Bookworm arrested. He's like, ah, I'll get him later, and the fucking book ends. I was like, so mad. It was a terrible send-off. Because that book started off so good. It was even written by Paul Dini at a certain point. Nice. But, no. I think he's good in this. I don't know if I'd ever trust him again. See, my answer is Zelda the Great. You want just an escape artist lady? Look, I want as... I want Zatanna to, like, literally bitch slap her at a certain point. It'd be fun. It'd be fun to see. She's the counter, because Zatanna can actually do stuff. Yeah, I know. That's why it'd be funny to see those Zelda two. is She'd be just... like, look at how I'm working, and Zatanna would be like, so... Zelda is trying her best. And she's one of the few women that actually can hold her own in this series. I mean, they don't do it a lot in this series. That's it. Who would I like to see from this show make it into the books? Yeah. Frank Gorshin. Not as the Riddler, just as a... Just just Frank Gorshin. We already have a Riddler, but just get that insane, maniacal dude who's repeatedly mostly trying to kill Robin. Yeah. They really don't like small boys. He appears in like three two-parters and 
four of those six episodes, he is literally trying to kill Robin. Yeah. And Batman is there. It's just a thing. He's like, I fucking Nobody hate Robin. Nobody likes Robin. He's Nobody just... likes Robin. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. That has been our episode on Batman 66. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in. To the same Bat channel at the same Bat time next week. Just so you know, that line is not in most of the first season. I like how they were se- like how they were feeling it, it out. Like sometimes the narrator would say it, but sometimes it wasn't written down. And sometimes it was written down, but the narrator wouldn't say it. And sometimes it wasn't there at all. And they were like, "We don't know if this fits." It clearly fits. I Stop was dicking around. I was so excited the first time that it came up because you'd like left the room for some reason, and I was like, "Yeah, I missed the first one." Oh, it's gonna do it from now on. And, and then like, it didn't. And then it got to the end of the episode. And I was like, "Toby, Toby, Toby, watch, watch what's gonna happen." And then, and then it's it like, didn't. Same channel, same time. And I was like. They were so on the fence with that shit. Hang on! Come back! (laughs) Anyway, that has been our episode. And now... Bye. I've been your sidekick for the episode, Toby. I have been your ghost host, Kyle. Yeah. That's it. I can't dismiss Klaus! Oh, I see. This has been the School for Wayward Nerds. Remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe. Email us at theschoolforwaywardnerds at gmail.com if you have a suggestion for an episode. Or you just want to tell him, pretty. Yeah, if you you want to suggest an episode or lie, um, feel free to do that. Thank you for listening and class dismissed. They've never seen me. They don't know what to lie. They don't know anybody. (laughs)